Ladies and gentlemen, citizens of the universe, fantasy footballers, Dynasty League dirtballs, NFL draft fans, and DFS degenerates worldwide, this is the Roster Watch Podcast, presented by RosterWatch.com. Roster Watch Nation, prepare for pop, flash, and sizzle. Prepare for knowledge bombs and cockamamie business. The Roster Watch crew is here to deliver the goods you can't find anywhere else. Here is your host, RosterWatch.com Editor-in-Chief, Alex Dunlap. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation. Welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by RosterWatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap here, of course, with Byron Lambert, and this is the divisional round DFS edition of the Roster Watch podcast. As always, you can find all of our content at RosterWatch.com, the DFS cheat sheets for DraftKings and for FanDuel, which will be available Friday. Also, the Vegas tool, which should be available uh, late Friday night, early Saturday morning, where we uh, curate all of the open props, all of the open Vegas props, and compare them with Vegas pricing to see where Vegas sees the value for the slate. Uh, the cheat sheet is not up yet, but Byron and I have gone ahead and put our own personal trends into the model. We're waiting to see what the model spits out now that we've added those trends into uh, all of the proprietary analytics that fuel the sheets. Byron, what do you think of this slate overall? I mean, I'm excited about these games. I like it. Um, the over-unders are low, but I'm expecting I'm expecting some good games here, man. I'm I'm excited. And I'm excited about the contest. You saw what I sent you earlier from DraftKings. Some killer. If you're ready to put some of the big money down here at the end of the season, there's a lot of be money, to, a lot of money to be made this this weekend, man. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I feel like it's a week where. You know, in these in these short weeks, I, I mean, for me, it, I, I can't say, you know, I had a, a, a very good week last week. Last week, it was just, for me, too much Charles Clay, uh, too many lineups where I just tried too hard to fit in Todd Gurley to where I had to leave myself way too thin at other positions and had to play shitheads like Albert Wilson. Um, so I kind of learned a little bit of a lesson last week as far as just kind of how thin you can spread yourself on these slates and, and how thin you probably shouldn't spread yourself. It made me think a whole lot about what I'm going to do this week with Le'Veon Bell. And so Byron and I will you know, go over that. We'll talk about that. But the, um, the, the first game on this slate, though, is going to be on Saturday, uh, 4.35 Eastern, 3.35 Central time. That will be the Atlanta Falcons traveling to visit the Philadelphia Eagles, who, despite being the one seed playing, I believe, is, is Atlanta the sixth seed? I think they are. Yes. This is the one seed versus the sixth seed, and the one seed is three-point underdogs at home. Uh, this game opened up as a 44 over-under. Right now, I'm showing it as somewhere between a 40-and-a-half and a 41 over-under. It looks like the MGM and the West the Westgate Sportsbook, as of Friday around 2 p.m., have this thing all the way down at a 40-and-a-half, so I would not be surprised to see the line fall even Has more. Has that line come down from three and a half, Atlanta minus 3.5 to Atlanta minus 3? I, I mean, I have it opening at minus 3 and staying at minus 3. But, but I mean, maybe you had it. Did, did you have it at minus 3.5 to start yeah, from your guy? if it's come down, I'll circle back, and I'm a, I'll double down on that thing. <laughs> do you just be, just before before we start on the DFS aspect? Do you do you like Philly in this one, or do you like Atlanta? No, I like Atlanta to cover. Okay, okay. I wasn't sure which 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 side you were talking about. Um, I don't know, man. I think that I I, I think that every year I, when I get to you know, just every year when I get to this time of year, I always try to remind myself of the old Steve Sable, where he said. Um, you know, write it in permanent ink, write it, you know, across your forehead, wherever you need to, that in January, you know, defense wins these football games. And I, look, I think that Atlanta's defense is actually shaped up to be really good this year. They're fast and they're, they're, they're playmakers. They're aggressive. They fly to the football. I just think Philadelphia, what they've been able to do on defense this year, I, I just 
sent in my PFWA awards ballot. And my assistant coach of the year was, was Jim Schwartz, just for what he's been able to do with that Philadelphia D. Um, we're going to have Matt Ryan without at least one of his uh, important offensive linemen. And I just think Flesher Cox and these guys, th those different defensive ends they have, these guys can pin their ears back even without bringing a blitz, can get a lot of pressure on the quarterback. So I don't know. I think that I think laying three points on the road is a little bit little bit risky. But with that being said, it, if you look at all of these teams, the Atlanta Falcons appear to kind of be in the best form, I guess. They're coming off a huge win against uh, L.A. Rams team that, you know, against what everybody would have thought in the preseason was looking basically unstoppable whenever they played all their starters with their new head coach, Sean McVay. So I don't know, man. I, this is game is one that I have the hardest time really forecasting what I think is going to happen. And as we'll talk about, I think there are some things that I think could happen in this one that, that you're not going to be completely on board with. So let's start on the Atlanta side as three point favorites. Who do you like here? I'm, I'm so, yeah, it's an interesting take, man. I like I get the I think Atlanta Atlanta is hot at the right time. I think they might beat the brakes off these Eagles. We'll see. They could, they could, they could. Yeah, they I, really I'm not could. a Julio Jones guy, but you know I like Julio Jones this week quite a bit. Um, for the Falcons, there's reason to be interested in Sanu, but Joan, Julio is in my crosshairs this week. And you know when I'm sorting out. Um, the quarterback position, I'm kind of ultimately, if it's not Tom Brady, I'm steered down to Keenum and Mariota and Matt Ryan. And look, Matt Ryan, I know, it's been a disappointing season, but he's the cheapest of all those three by a by a reason, a pretty, pretty fair amount. Uh, I think he's got the best offensive weapons of the group, and that team's on fire going against a young secondary in, Phil in Philadelphia. I like Matt Ryan. I like Julio Jones this week on the Atlanta side. And you know what? You said defense wins championships. You know what wins DFS championships in the playoffs is correlations, and we saw it last week, Alex. Well, I mean, I think that I think that there are other correlations in this game that you can. Well, play. this is where you might be I, able to circle back with your sneaky Jay Ajayi idea. Well, I do like Jay Ajayi. I just think at forty six hundred or whatever he is, he's just he fits in really easily and just probably a little bit too cheap. Um, but uh, you know, on the I guess my takes on the Falcons side, I don't think I want I don't think I want Matt Ryan. I don't think I want him in the cold against this defense. I just don't think I do. I know I don't want Devontae Freeman outdoors in the cold. I I I don't like Devontae Freeman away from home anyway. Well, I'm just not convinced the, that the other quarterbacks at that price range are clearly better options. I'm not convinced of that either. I'm just I'm not going down to that price range if I can help it in any way. I mean, we'll, we'll get to the Patriots and talk about them, but I'm all in on Tom Brady this week. Um, I can't see myself coming off of Tom Brady. Whenever I put in my whenever I put in my personal staff trends into the model, I only put one quarterback in, in into the model as as my preference. I didn't even spread out my I didn't even spread out my uh, exposure. I, only, in any I, only, kind of I way. only put two in. I said either pay up or pay down. And it and, and that's your, Brady. And your pay down guy is not. And it Matt Ryan is the cheapest of the pay down guys. Yeah, this game, I just think is, I think this could be swindly, man. I, I'm, I'm not interested in Freeman. I am interested in Julio Jones. I think if I'm paying up for a wide receiver, I'm going to pay up for Julio just because um, this is a matchup that Julio should be able to win versus whichever corner he's faced up Plus, on. Plus, have you have if you seen gets, all the red zone targets that Julio's finally gotten this year? He hadn't converted, but it's been a... a, a over the last a, like six or seven weeks of the season. It's been a lot. Of red zone well, and, targets, and I've been to and what I've been telling you about Steve Sarkeesian, as much as everybody hates him and says he doesn't involve Julio enough. I mean, they've been force feeding Julio, dude. They, I mean, he's he is he is force fed volume, you know. So, I, whenever you force feed a guy like that volume in a must win game, whenever he's healthy, when do we like Julio? When he's healthy and when they're playing for something. When do we hate Julio? When he's even just the slightest bit banged up and he can possibly be a decoy because he will be a decoy. I just think that, yeah, in this sort of deal, I mean, I feel more comfortable for $200 less going with Julio than I do with Antonio Brown. Yeah, I'm not into Antonio Brown too much this week. The other reason that I have a little bit of interest in Matt Ryan, Alex, look, he could easily bust. I, I, like I said, he's been a disappointment this season. I've never played Matt Ryan in DFS this year. The other reason I think you can consider him, not only because of his pricing and because of our affection for Julio, but the concept that Freeman and Coleman can get their touchdowns 
through the air. That's that's yeah. the only other thing that reinforces that, that if it's going to be the running backs, there's a chance, pretty good chance those come from Matt Ryan as well. I, I, it's just a, it's a calculated risk. I don't, I don't, I'm with you. I like Tom Brady quite a bit this week too, but yeah, I, I, I think that, I mean, I'm just, I'm not entertaining the idea of, of Matt Ryan because, you know, t- talking about that side, I think that, um, Let's just move to the Eagles. Do you, do, you, do you like any kind of Austin Hooper or anything this week, or do you like Mohamed Sanu? Mohamed Sanu, if you look at his like, if you look at his floor, it's been really good this year. But his just just his the ceiling hasn't been there. I was, you know, I, I you know I'm not a major guy about looking at game logs, but if you just look at the game log, I mean, I mean, the numbers tell us it, that Mohamed Sanu is a, still a very solid play this week, and there's good reason analytically to consider pivoting from Julio to Sanu and freeing up the extra cash, man, I'm just feeling Julio Jones this week. Yeah. And, but with Sanu, it's like, he's only gotten you less than 10 points on DK one, two, three, four, five times this entire season out of these, these, uh, what 17 games he's played. Um, and, but the thing is, you know, it's a lot of 11.5s and 11.3s, 12.5s, 12.8s, 13.5s. Hardly any 20s, though. Only one 20.44. That was uh, that was versus Tampa Bay. And then uh, he had a 20.3 in that big week versus New Orleans in week 14 whenever Julio Jones was matched up with Marshawn Lattimore and he was getting Ken Crawley on the other side. So I think that Sanu is... is probably okay in cash i don't play cash on these four game slates so I, yeah i mean to, to me i'm going for the home run i'm going with julio jones it's just some man it's a little bit hard to get in all the guys i want to get in and julio jones i've still yet to put together a lineup that I, where, to where i like a, 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 every player and this might just be a week where you're not going to like every player but well, of the premium boy, players of the elite players julio jones has the most palatable pricing this week as well uh, well, I mean, do you, do you consider Rob Gronkowski in that group? Uh, I should have said of the running backs and the receivers. I mean, tight ends. The tight ends don't go up. To, do tight ends get up to ninety six hundred dollars ever? <laughs> not that I've okay, ever seen. So their ceiling is just it's not it's not a it's a little bit of an apple to an orange, I think. Yeah. Um, all right. So on the Eagles side, I think that we're gonna probably have more. Um, more agreement, at least on this side. With I mean, to 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 me, the first thing that I looked at was okay. I if I'm trying to, you know, trying to in some ways get away from Robert Alford and trying to get away from Desmond Trufant, which I'm not even sure we need to with Alshon Jeffrey, with with how much bigger he is than Alford. And with the trouble that Desmond Trufant, for one, Desmond Trufant hasn't been that good coming into this game. How can you even consider Alshon Jeffrey after he got zero PPR fantasy points not, a few weeks I'm from not, Nick Foles? I'm not. I'm He's, not. He, he, he I'm can't not, even consider. I'm, saying, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure that we should be. I'm not sure we should be as worried about the matchup. I think we probably should be worried about the situation with Nick Foles and the fact that he just can't drive the ball to the boundaries to those it's guys. It's all bad. And what I think it is, I think it all points to Nelson Aguilar at 4,800. Uh, he has the best matchup with Brian Poole in this game. If you look at the PFF, um, if you look at the PFF grades for the cornerbacks at Pro Football Focus, um, it, with the uh, with the signature statistics on their elite package, it is. I mean, getting Brian Poole in this thing. Brian Poole allows the best completion percentage of any corner or slot corner on this entire slate. Aguilar is a guy who, at this pricing, uh, forty eight hundred is basically uh, at a reduced price, uh, about 7% reduction from his average price over the course of the last five weeks. And this is a price that he will 3X over the course of the season based on 2017 standards, 31% of the time. I think at uh, 4,800, you know, this is a guy with a 12.28 DK average and an 11.6 DK median in a game where I feel like these are going to be, that these play, you know, these passes are going to be funneled to him in some ways. Like I said, I'm not as worried about Alshon Jeffrey's matchup. We've talked before about Desmond Trufant, uh, kind of the old Kelvin Benjamin rule with him, the old Mike Evans rule with him. He's really good, but when you have a significant, significant size advantage on Trufant, he struggles. And Trufant has struggled, you know, anyway, these last couple of weeks. Um, and then with 
I'm I'm very interested to hear what you have to say about Zach Ertz. No interest. Because zero interest. Is it because I have zero of, interest. Of I have zero interest in the Eagles outside of Nelson Aguilar, and he's strictly a pricing play to help fill out a lineup with a guy I feel decent about because of the situation and the circumstances. Okay, well we feel different because Nelson Aguilar is a core play for. Yeah, he, he for may me. be a core play for me because of that, but I I haven't put my lineups together yet. He 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 may in fact be. Um, but not because I think he's going to go bananas, because I think circumstantially he makes a lot of sense from the game tape I've scouted. He, to me, he seemed to be the the true connection on that group with Nick Foles. And then, uh, like you said, the matchup, there's a, the pricing. There's a lot of reasons that I'm interested in Aguilar. I think it's a I don't you know, I think it's a limited potentially a limited ceiling up uh, situation for him. Yeah. Zach Ertz, I mean, it's not just Deion Jones. Keon, Keanu Neal is is a very good player, too. I'm not interested in anybody again from Nick Foles to against those two guys. Is that Ertz will get the targets? I just it's to me it's a limited upside situation. What's his pricing? Fifty eight hundred. Yeah, I no way. I'm not. It's just going to be an unlikely situation for me. Uh, to me, it's Nelson Aguilar for all the reasons that we've outlined, and that's about all the interest I have. You know, on the Eagles side, but it brings up a good point, though. I hear all these dirt balls lamenting the use of a fullback in the NFL, and I'm just thinking to myself, man, these things come full circle. All the things that things go out of style come back in style in the NFL. Smash Mouth never gets old, and you start looking at a team like the Atlanta Falcons, who's got you know somebody like a diminutive. It's a what a 230 pound Deion Jones flying around there at middle linebacker to play in today's NFL against these other offenses. To me, that's the that's the kind of thing you wish that a team would just line up a fullback, line up a Jay Ajayi, and just pound on those type of players in the NFL these days. I don't think we're going to see it out of the Eagles necessarily, but I, I do believe that's a way that you could could could. Um, defeat the Atlanta Falcons defense neutralize that defensive speed well I've been well I've been warming up for the last over the course of last night and just sleeping on it and today warming up with a big cup of coffee to Jay Ajayi this week at just 4600 if you look if you look at his if you look at his attempts uh, over the over the last th- uh, three weeks you know he did not play in week 17 they rested Jay Ajayi in my estimation to get him all the way back up to speed for when they would need him in the playoffs. Um, 15 carries with and uh, two targets in week 14 versus the Rams. 12 carries and two targets in week 15 uh, versus the Giants. And a game that went to a really pass-heavy, a really, really pass-heavy script there with Nick Foles because that was the game where somehow the Giants had a, had a bit of an offensive explosion and really stayed in that one. And then versus Oakland, he had the three targets and the 14 rushing attempts. I mean, his his attempts have gone up the last uh, three weeks. His his snap counts have gone up over the last three weeks that he's played. I think this is a game where Jay Ajayi is going to be featured as a runner. They're going to try to hide Nick Foles. I think it will be his best game statistically and volume-wise as a Philadelphia Eagle, and I think if that's the case, we're going to be getting him on the super cheap here at, here at this pricing. I mean, you don't you don't want to just keep handing the ball over to Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and Devontae Freeman and these guys and let them you know give them the opportunity to sustain drives. You want to take the air out of the football. You went out and got Jay Ajayi for a reason. He's only forty six hundred. He opens up the world for you if you feel comfortable with him. So I, I'm getting a little bit more comfortable with Jay Ajayi, and I mean. I like pairing him with the Philadelphia defense, the second the second least expensive defense on the entire slate. And I know that they've been up and down and they've allowed a lot of points, but it still is a big play defense. They're playing at home in the cold weather um, versus Matt Ryan, who doesn't play well in the cold. Devontae Freeman doesn't play well in the cold. There's a dome team. I just I think that the Philadelphia Eagles at home, you know, as, as you know, a little bit of an underdog, I get it. So the game script thing is not necessarily there for JHI. But I think in at least one of my lineups this week, I'll probably only make a few, you know, key lineups. And in one of them, I'm going to have a JHI and Philadelphia Eagles defense stack. But other than that, I am most interested, of course, in Nelson Aguilar. He's the first guy that both of us looked at here. Yeah, I see the logic. I just, I don't anticipate it coming to fruition in my portfolio this weekend. I could see a little bit of JHI because of the pricing, but then you can say, well, his pricing is great at 4,600. What about Corey Clement at 3,200? I know you don't like it either, but you talk about cheap. And I mean, there's, it's just, it's, 
it, it, it's a unclear situation. I get the logic. I, I I can see it. It's a it's a reasonable time to try to make that move. I'll be interested to see um, when I actually put my lineups together. Yeah, well, it'll be the first game of the week, so you'll know right off the bat whether you did, did well or you did you did not well by getting in JHI. And then Corey Clement, I think it's a good point. Um, if I'm going to take the risk, we, I, I might rather we, spend thirty two hundred dollars. And a game script that could be good for him and just minimize my risk there. Yeah, and despite how fast those linebackers are and despite how they can attack the football, inexplicably, somehow, once again, Atlanta, you look at it Look at it at the end of the year, for the second straight season, they've allowed the most receptions to opposing running backs of any team in the National Football League. So a Corey Clement could certainly be in play for all those reasons. Um, all right, so do you have anything else on this one or do you want to move no, on? We can move on. All right, the next game is the Tennessee Titans traveling to New England. This game is a 13.5-point spread favoring New England. The over-under is now 48. It started out at 47. Uh, this this line has not crossed over the all-important uh, 14 points that most of the gamblers and the Sharps will look to whenever they want to make a make a jump onto a line. It's held steady right there at 13 and a half, so just under two touchdowns. Our New England is the favorites. Uh, do you want to start on the Tennessee side? Let's uh, let's talk about who you're looking at there. Yeah, I'm, in, I'm interested in all the same guys I was interested in last week. Uh, I don't know if it's for similar reasons because they're a dog or not, but I just, I, I like them. They're good players that are priced well that I think can perform in this game script. It's, uh, Mariota is a he he's, he he wasn't one of my recommendations, one of my personal trends. Um, he, I I won't likely be paying Mar- playing Mariota, but I don't hate playing Mariota this week. Um, more 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 so though, I'm still interested in Derrick Henry, based based on pricing and volume, and I'm still interested in Delaney Walker and Eric Decker. So maybe less less you, Mariota. You say, you say based on pricing. I mean, his pricing is seventy three hundred. Yeah, I, I think expensive. for the for the volume he's going to get, it's reasonable. When you look at a ninety six hundred dollar Le'Veon Bell, I mean, I like Alvin Kamara, but he's more expensive. I think Leonard Fournette is more expensive. Uh, of the big dogs, he's got the best pricing. Yeah, um, Leonard Fournette's actually cheaper than Derrick Henry. <laughs> Leonard Fournette sixty nine hundred. Derrick Henry seventy three hundred on DraftKings. So is Leonard Fournette, are you I'm Leonard sure. Fournette sixty nine hundred this week? Yeah, that's a, that's pretty cheap okay. for the big dog. Okay. Well, I like I I recommended both of those guys in my personal trends, so I like them both. We'll get to Fournette in a bit, but uh, I I look. I had to put more, I wanted to put more than you know. I can't just put two guys on the cheat. You know, can't only have two guys on the cheat sheet. So, um, you know, for me, Derrick Henry is another another guy that you can definitely look at playing. Maybe Belichick will shut him down. I don't know. Lashawn McCoy did some work against those Patriots this year, and. Henry's going to get the volume. He's a sick player. You know, he's still $2,300 cheaper than Le'Veon Bell. I just think that it's a it's a, it's a guy I can consider. Well, I, And I like Decker I, I mean, and from, Delaney Walker just like I did last week too. I, I, I hate Delaney. I think that he's the exact epitome of the player that Belichick is going to shut down in the passing game. I think that you know, Belichick's going to say, look, you beat us with this rookie Corey Davis. You beat us with Eric Decker. You beat us with Rashard Matthews. Like we're not we're going to bracket Delaney. We're not going to give Mariota those easy throws up 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 the seam and um, on these you know on these on on these dig routes and wheels and stuff like that. I think that with I mean that leaves you with um, Gronk. I think if you're not into Ertz, I mean you're into Ertz. Yeah, we're not really we're not no, really hot for Ertz. Or, Brady to Gronk. Yeah, I mean Brady that leaves Gronk, you with Gronk. Dude. I mean it it makes you feel sick. To, for you to be left with, 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 with Brady to Gronk and just having to work around that. Um, but I think that Derrick Henry, you know, generally I would worry about, and I learned my lesson last week on Derrick, that's the other lesson I learned, is that I, I need to learn that the Titans aren't going to let game script take them out of their game plan, which is to give their running backs volume. You know? They don't have another option, and man. Game script got away from them last week, and they kept feeding Derrick Henry, and they got paid in spades for doing it. 
And for the and for the majority of my lineups where I faded Derrick Henry, even though he's one of the sickest players, a golden son of Roster Watch Nation, we've been the Derrick Henry apologists while everybody else has been screaming to high heaven that this guy sucks and he's got just cockamamie stuff about him not, not having the lateral agility or just idiotic bullshit that people say just for no reason. We've been saying that's that's not true. We're talking about a sick beast here. And even last week at 6K, I couldn't, I just, you know, I wanted to fit in Todd Gurley and Leonard Fournette so badly that it was just, that it, it, it made getting in Henry hard and the play was to get in Henry. So now I know, you know, that's a lesson I learned that even when it looks like game script is going to keep Derrick Henry out of these things, and even though they're not utilizing him much in the passing game. And here, here's the thing, you, you, say, know, the other, you like, say the other big dog Fournette a little bit cheaper on the, on the slate, that's a fair point, but I just think right now Derrick Henry looks better than Leonard Fournette. Does he look a little hurt to I you? I've, I've, I've said that for two weeks. He's, he's not. Something's not right. Like I said, he, Romo talked to him and said last week that Fournette just told him this was a very, very long season. I mean, those ankle injuries are hard to get over. He's a little bit stiff and big in the first place. And so I just – he doesn't – everybody's seeing – I mean, I think a lot of people are seeing the same thing. It just feels like his the pop isn't there. I'm telling you, we're going to see the full repertoire – and year two, year three with Fournette, it takes a little time, man. And that's a like I said, it's the injury. I don't, as you mentioned, I'm not sure he's totally healthy. Then I mean, I'm. I guess I'm. You mentioned Decker. I think I'm interested in Decker. I think that I, I think that you know the 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 targets have been there. I think that you're probably going to need to venture down into this pricing range. You know, around that 3,800 sub 4K range. I mean. Over the course of the last four weeks, uh, or no, over the he hasn't seen less than five targets since week. He 13. gets some red zones. I mean, I we I like Decker just because, from what we can tell, he's going to get the most activity in the slot, and that's the matchup I like against the Patriots cornerbacks. I don't I don't really yeah. like Rashard Matthews and Corey Davis against, you know, Gilmore and what is it? Malcolm Butler still on the other side. I mean, yeah, it looks and it looks like we're just we just now received the C at the. The model has spit out at CSV. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm not even going to look. Just surprise me with it. There's only one quarterback on the, uh, on the, on the DK cheat sheet. It's got to be the golden boy. I think you know who it is. Unbelievable, this cheat sheet. Unbelievable, this cheat sheet. How many tight ends? Oh, my goodness. Okay. So, yeah, go to rosterwatch.com where you can find the DFS cheat sheet. Let's move over to the New England side of the football. And I will tell you, the one quarterback that did that our model and our algorithm did spit out as having just an insanely higher amount of trends than any other, Tom Brady. I think that this, that this uh, analysis should probably start with him. What do you think about Tom Brady? What do you think about the pass catchers? Interested in any of the running backs here? Well... Ever since I saw what Travis Kelsey was doing to the Titans last week, I've been thinking about Rob Gronkowski waiting for this week. So that's that's the first guy I'm interested in. I think there's an argument for Brandon Cooks after we saw Tyreek Luce try to get loose a couple times last week against Adoree Jackson. There's certainly at a cheaper price point an argument for Chris Hogan based on the analytics. And so if you're going to start being interested in all those guys and then you start saying, well, any of the Patriots running backs can – they can catch touchdowns too, and it's just a you know it's a it's the highest over under game of the week, and it's a big they're a huge favorite at home. I mean, just all points back to Tom Brady, of course. And then yeah yeah I mean, am I interested in a Patriots running back? Yes, I think it's the potential key to getting the proper game stack that can unlock the big cash for you. Can I figure out which one it is? No, so I'll probably right. be well, out on the Patriots running backs. Unless you want to, like you I said, heard, James White. I know you said something about that earlier. Maybe paying way down. Look, if we're interested in the Bradys and the Gronks and the Julio Jones, and then we're talking about guys like you know, I mean, you're gonna it's gonna be you're gonna have to really go cheap at a couple of spots. Well, and I think that look, we we know if if Rex Burkhead is out, which it's kind of seeming like he might be. I mean, they were saying that he had a pretty bad limp at practice. James White has gotten in limited practices these last two weeks. The one way that – okay, uh, what do we know about Tennessee defensively? We know that they're a pretty good matchup for opposing pass catchers. We know they're a terrific matchup for uh, 
opposing tight ends and opposing running backs out of the backfield. Not as good a matchup for opposing wide receivers, especially deep wide receivers, giving up uh, so far this. I know we saw what Tyreek Hill was able to do on them. And Brandon Cooks is a lot Tyreek Hill-like, but giving up the third fewest um, passing plays of 20 yards or more this season. So they're a defense that keeps the offense in front of them. That, to me, means we could be seeing a lot of a pass-catching running back here. And I think when James White is healthy, Deion Lewis is there between the tackles runner while White is their pass catcher. I know that in games where Rex, where James White has been in and Rex Burkhead has been out, we have seen James White's uh, target volume increase. We've also seen that coming into these playoffs, there's something that, I mean, it's so anecdotal, but Bill Belichick sometimes kind of unleashes James White trusts him. In, you know, trusts in him. these playoff stretches. I, I, You know, James White to me is, I have a lot of interest in James White in this game for the same reason that I like Rob Gronkowski and the final guy that I'm interested in on this team. Not much interest in Brandon Cooks for me, even though in, in, in some of my bigger tournaments I'm going to be probably using a little bit of Brandon Cooks. My interest is in the red zone maven, Chris Hogan. If he's if that dude's back healthy and I can get him for fifty two hundred in this game where I think the New New England's probably going to kick Tennessee's ass, you know, I mean it's like an if then thing. If Tom Brady's going to go bananas like I think, he's going to throw a lot of touchdowns. If he throws a lot of touchdowns, I mean some are going to go to Gronk. But can can you not see at least one of them? If Tom Brady throws four touchdowns in this game, can 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 you see a scenario where where one of them doesn't go to Chris Hogan? Yes. If Hogan's healthy for the whole game, you got those cats meowing around there again. No, it's the it's just the baby. Um, you know what though, James White forty three hundred. Can you really pay forty three hundred for James White when you can go Corey Clement for thirty two hundred? Yes, only if Rex Burkhead is out, right? Yes. If Rex Burkhead's in, I have no interest in any of those runners. I want the passing. That's game. why. I, that's because why I've been I, out. Is just, I it was. Looking like they were all fucking gonna play, man. Yeah, well, I'm in in that case. I have I have no interest. So that'll come down to, you know, look, that'll come down to. Um, is it, that game's on Saturday night? So maybe by Saturday morning we could have some clarity on it. Maybe a little bit more clarity. You could always pivot over to 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 Jay Ajayi. You know, if if you have him in a running back or a flex spot, and you know you don't want to. Um, you know, if you have him in a flex, you know, there's a lot of other options that are going the next day that we could get into that you could get out and, and get in instead of James White if Burkhead did go. Any other – anything else that you're interested – I mean, I think – and, of course, the, the New England Patriots defense, you have interest there, right? At home. Yeah, that's my – Versus Mariota. That's, that's my primary right. defensive play. Okay. As of now. Uh, I think so, too. I, I, they're, they're so much cheaper than you would think. You know, only thirty two hundred. It's a huge home favorite. Uh, you could see them like pick sixing or getting some sacks, fum- sack fumbles. Big time, cor- big time correlation in be- between these uh, really big spreads and defensive touchdowns. So, <laughs> I've, I, I read that some. I've, I th- think I might have read it. Now I and wish these, I could dude, get credit. These Patriots might run the fucking score up in this game, dude. Oh, it might. If they get the opportunity to, they yeah. will run the score. And I, yeah, I don't mean just out of – I mean with intention. Oh, yeah. It's always – hey, it's always with intention. That's the Patriot way. Okay, let's go on to the, let's go on to the next one. Um, unless you have anything more on it. Nope. Jacksonville at Pittsburgh. Uh, this game started out as Pittsburgh minus 7.5. It has come down to Pittsburgh now. Minus seven in most spots. Uh, the over-under has gone up in this from 40.5 to 41. Uh, the Jaguars traveling to Pittsburgh, coming off one of the ugliest wins I have ever seen at home versus the Buffalo Bills, where Blake Bortles rushed for more yards than he did pass for, and where he rushed for more yards than even Leonard for, Did he? Rush, I think he rushed for more yards than Leonard Fournette. He had like 90 yards. I think I've got We're, the Jags plus eight in this one. So if it's come down to seven. Yeah. 
you gotta put mine. You you gotta man. That's what that's what that's what you get by having like a private like town town bookie like that. You can get odds that are a lot different than any any of the other Vegas spots, because this thing has never been as high as minus eight in in Vegas. Even well, with the, the best open. thing is that that here locally in Texas, there's so many Cowboys betters in the pool that it always skews those Cowboys lines a little bit for all these homers that are betting around here. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. Well, in this game, uh, I don't think any of these Cowboys fans have any real rooting interest in, in, in this one. I'm not sure that that Steelers-Cowboys uh, th- th- rivalry is still too too much intact around here. But um, what do you think? Let's start out with the Jacksonville side. We already talked a little bit about Fournette. Not sure how interested we are at him, even with the – a decrease in pricing all the way down at 6,900 in this one. Leonard Fournette, of course, had the 185-yard two-touchdown monster in his first game versus these idiots. Um, Fournette, is we're, we're getting him at a 6% discount as far as where he's been on average over the course of the last five games, and he has 3X'd this salary, 6,900. A very good 36% of the time this season, a DK average of 18.29 fantasy points and a DK median of 16.95 fantasy points. I have the feeling, though, man, I was listening to TJ Ward, uh, TJ Ward on the, um, the uh, PFTPM podcast where he was just saying, look, man, our defense, we've had a bad taste in our mouth ever since that game. We feel like we let him run over us. We feel like we, um, we, you know, we 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 were trying to do too much. We were trying to, um, you know, trying to uh, overcompensate. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I forgot. I'm, I'm trying to look for the exact word, but he said like, yeah, they were trying to. Uh, oh, and I, I said T.J. Ward earlier. Of of of, of course, I meant T.J. Watt. But you know, they they were saying like trying to overcompensate, trying to uh, do. Too, it was like do too much. Make the once. big we plays. To do too, yeah, make the splash plays is what he said, and we just weren't fitting up our gaps, and he was running all over us. And like, rest assured, that's not going to happen again. So um, I feel like this is going to be a game where the Steelers are going to say, look. Blake Bortles, we're going to put these men in the box against Leonard Fournette. You, you dumbass, you beat us because you looked like shit last week and you couldn't even complete a screen pass. Yeah, cir- circumstantially, I have a decent amount of interest in Fournette. I'm, I'm not going to bed feeling amazing about it and when I've got him in my lineups, but I anticipate having some Leonard Fournette in at the $6,900 price tag with the volume. Um, I, I I get what you're saying there. Um but he he's going to get the touches, so they have to keep Leonard Fournette on, on the field. So I don't I don't know I don't love it, but at sixty nine hundred dollars, I have a feeling that I'm going to have to look at that. The wind comes whipping through Heinz Field. I mean, any interest in in Bortles? No, zero or any... zero interest in anybody on the Jacksonville side of thing other than Leonard Fournette. Exactly the way I feel. Any interest in the Jacksonville defense? Yes, yes, actually, yes, because their their pricing is a little bit depressed, right? This week. Yes. I mean, dude, they're the best defense in the in the fucking league. They're the best defense left in the you know talent wise and scheme. The best, the best defense, defense, defense left in the yeah. in the in <laughs> yeah. the playoffs, and this is the best price you're ever going to get on them. I think it's a sneaky play, maybe with people going to be off of them, worried about that. What did they pick off? Didn't they pick off Big Ben five times the last time they played? I can I can definitely even and that was dude and they're returning to the exact scene where that I, occurred. Look, it wasn't like that happened. Jalen Ramsey's too salty. Look, I, I can see even if Pittsburgh wins handily and they have a good game, I can certainly envision a Big Ben sack fumble touchdown or pick six or some. Some things like that happening to Big Ben, I think, are very potentially in the cards. <laughs> the last time Big Ben played these idiots, he's, he's he told reporters afterwards that maybe he should just retire. <laughs> he said, "Maybe I don't have it anymore." So that was the last time. Uh, <laughs> I think it was five interceptions. Yeah, it was, dude. It, it was it was bad, and he and he just he looked he looked flabbergasted. He looked flummoxed. He just said, "Maybe I should just retire. <laughs> Maybe I just don't have it anymore." So uh, yeah, it's just it feels weird, you know, going against Big Ben and going against Antonio Brown and going against Le'Veon Bell. So let, let's just talk about that side. 
Big big Ben at home in the playoffs. I mean, great weapons. I mean, you got Antonio Brown, you got Juju, you got Le'Veon Bell, you got Martavis. I mean, it seems like I hate, seems like it shouldn't be that contrarian an idea to play the Steelers. I hate to say it, man. The only guy I'm interested in is Juju. I mean, me too. Uh, no, I'm always interested in, in Le'Veon Bell. Just because of the volume, just because of the number of ways they can I'm not going to fall victim. I'm not going to fall victim to the Todd Gurley trap last week. I think that's what's setting up with Le'Veon Bell here. It could be, man. It could be, and that's a trap that I made a conscious decision to myself last week. I even said to myself last week, I said, "Look, when this leaves when this leaves you so thin, where you have to make such shitty plays, to where you're forced to say, all right, I got to go all in on Eric Decker just to be, make sure that I can get my, you know, Todd precious Todd Gurley exposure." I, I just, like sending you screenshots of like placing 16 out of 16 contests on DraftKings on Sunday, and it just doesn't happen when I spread myself too thin with too many of these cockamamie ideas. Yeah, so, um, yeah, okay, so, but Juju versus Aaron Colvin, I think we both like that. I mean, that's something we just both identified as being something that we like. He's cheap. He's been electrifying. He's been awesome. He's e- He's even better than my original comp for him was which was a a little bit of a silkier and faster stevie johnson i feel like that's kind of what you know i think he's even on pace to sort of outdo that comp that i had on him coming out uh he's just awesome he's a dog man and but the thing dude you know what i never gave him enough credit for his 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 elite no his elite long speed a guy can run i used I used to think it was more of a silky Keenan Allen smooth. Well, that's why you were fooled. It's deceptive. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's he's he, but he's dude. He is he's so much faster than Keenan Allen. He's faster than Stevie Johnson. He is just. I mean, dude, Snoop Dogg was right, man. Whenever he was in little, when, whenever he was playing Pee Wee, just by calling that kid Sports Center, he's just the sickest. God, I hope Snoop Dogg is right about John Ross too. Uh, how many <laughs> yeah, targets do you think Antonio Brown had the last time they played the Jaguars? I, it was, well, here's the thing is that, is that Mike Tomlin got into his, you know, got into his deal where it's just game planning by, by random aggression to where the one way that dude, that game was before the Marcel Darius trade, right? That game was before the Jacksonville Jaguars really became a unit that could just stuff you in the run game. And the one way that you can beat them is to get runners involved in the passing game and to run the football down their throats. And, to, and so they decided to drop back Ben Roethlisberger 60 times. I wouldn't be what, – what did Antonio Brown have? 18 targets? Something like Nin- that? Something 19. ridiculous? Yeah. I mean, I don't think you can go back to that game plan that got your ass kicked. It was a cockamamie, insane game plan at the time. They definitely realized it after the game. Unless Tomlin really just is a huge fucking idiot. And sometimes he acts like one. Sometimes he does just like to play call by random aggression than he does by, you know, I guess not play call because he doesn't call the plays, but game plan, you know. Tell his coaches what to do just by randomly being aggressive and by thinking things over and looking at the analytics. Maybe they will do this bullshit again. But I think to me, you get you, you got to get Le'Veon Bell more heavily involved, and you can't throw you can't drop Ben back sixty times again. You can't target Antonio Brown nineteen. Well, if times you drop Big game. Ben back sixty times, I'll, I'm interested in the Jaguars' defense. And look, Antonio Brown is the absolute definition. He's beyond the definition of matchup proof. But yeah. these th- these corners for Jacksonville are they're the real deal, man. And so, you know, there's just a lot of ways to spend a lot of money this week. And I'm not, it's going to be very hard for me to find the money to spend up on Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown this week. I think you and I are pretty much on the same page as far as those guys are concerned. Um, yeah. What about the Pittsburgh defense? You got to be interested in the Pittsburgh defense versus Blake at, at, at home in the wind. I don't even know if it's going to be windy, but it's, it just always seems windy there. I guess, and maybe that's why they're priced up at thirty eight hundred. I just, I, I'm not going to. I think I'm going to need that cash. Bortles looked so bad last week. Yeah, he looked, uh, I mean, throwing the football. He he, looked the he worst needs I've like a seen. marketing deal with UPS or FedEx Airmail because he <laughs> he he airships everything. Yeah, but it it doesn't get there. It doesn't get there reliably. I'm it, not sure that it ends up in the wrong. It ends him. up in the wrong city. 
<laughs> it does. It does for sure. Um, all right, let's move. Let, let's move on to the next city ourselves. This will be the final one that we break down in Minnesota. Who really, to me, is starting to seem like a team of destiny, and I think that the winner of this New Orleans Saints Minnesota game is going to be the eventual uh, representative for the NFC in the Super Bowl. This game started out as a 45 over-under. That has been pumped up to a 46.5 over-under. In Minnesota, minus 3.5 was the open. It is now at Minnesota minus 5. So uh, it looks like the line has been shifting there towards a Minnesota slant in this game. Yeah, I've already circled back and doubled down on that one. I, You know, I and I get what you're saying about the Vikings, but for me lately, I've started to think that maybe the Saints are the team of destiny. Drew Brees well, might just, be what, destined for one more Super Bowl, Alex. What is it? What is it? What is it then that you need in the playoffs? Do you need a proven quarterback or do you need a salty defense? Man, I think the Saints are have both. I, I, I can see it. I mean, the Saints have a lot of ways they can beat you. I'm not sure that the Minnesota Vikings have as many ways they can beat you. You Plus know? five. I mean, look, they could just could be a they they could control the game, the Vikings, and could be a, goal, a game that they control. I just feel like five on the road, Drew Brees versus Case Keenum, two good defenses. I just I don't. know. It's a lot, man. Give me Drew Brees this week, not in DFS, but <laughs> but if you're picking yeah. this game, well, so so what do you like in this game on the New Orleans side? Uh, I mean. Mark Ingram just seems, like, by God, he's he's sub-6K. It seems too cheap. But I like Alvin Kamara this week. I do too. Even though he's 2,200 more than Ingram, it seems like it's way too much more. It just seems like a deal where, I mean, look, Mark Ingram has 3X, that 5,600 salary, 41% of the time this season. Uh, Alvin Kamara has 3X, that $7,800 salary. 41% of the time this season. Uh, the discount that you're getting on Alvin Kamara over the average price over the last five weeks is 7%. The discount that you're getting on Mark Ingram, though, over the course of the last five weeks from the, from those games to now is a 37% discount, by far the biggest bargain. Limited upside play, man, in PPR. Give me Alvin Kamara in this game. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to have 100% exposure. He's the only saying I'm interested in. No interest at all in Ted Ginn, who will probably be seeing a lot of Trey Waynes. You know, in the first matchup, um, uh, Xavier Rhodes did not shadow Michael Thomas. I think that that's going to have to change this week, certainly, right? Xavier Rhodes is exactly the kind of corner that you want on Michael Thomas. I have no idea why Zimmer didn't do it in the first meeting. That's funny. It's usually me asking you on these pods about no interest in Ted Ginn. Um Man, I'm. I think. Am I in the minority that I kind of like Trey Waynes and Mackenzie Alexander? I think so. I don't Mike like Zimmer him. would. Yeah, I'm, I bet Mike Zimmer likes him. <laughs> he doesn't like him as much he'd as tell he likes you, his golden. He doesn't like, the, like him as much as he loves the golden, the the, the the golden boy Xavier. He doesn't like those PFF grades on any on <laughs> on any of those guys. He he sure doesn't. He sure doesn't. I, I bet you, I bet you Trey Wayne's and Mackenzie Alexander grade out pretty darn well with old with Coach Zimmer. Yeah, there's that's a sneaky play. I'm just not interested in anybody. It's just it's hard to make a case for Breeze. It's a thin play. If I, it, I'll tell you what. Here's the other problem: is is Ted Ginn is never as cheap as I think he's gonna be. Yeah, it, but if, if but, it works out where that's like a a guy that the price point matches a hole I gotta fill in a lineup that I really like. I won't have a problem putting him in. I'm not going. He was a bad play last week, and the people who played him got paid off big. You know, that's, uh, just, that's all there well, is. Well, I to think it. I had it's him just... in a few lineups last week. There was I liked Ted Ginn last week. He was on my personal trends last week. Yeah, he's a bad play, but the people who played him got paid off on that one big, big, big play. So that's what um, Ted Ginn does. I don't know. Yeah, maybe I'm just letting that. Maybe, maybe I'm just letting my saltiness kind of. Maybe I'm just trying to chase that. Maybe it's a, a, a twelve-point just... median that matches his average in DraftKings. I mean, he's a, it's a, it made a lot of sense in a good in a in the match. It, I don't know. Hindsight's always what twenty about, twenty, right? 
Yeah. What about if they're going to be? There's going to be a lot of focus on those two guys. What do you think about Brandon Coleman? He had five targets last. Well, there week. you go. That's the kind of sneaky play that could make the difference in a tournament that just hadn't really crossed my desk yet. Okay. But I, so, hey, no, but you're no, right. No that was the best Brandon Coleman's ever looked. And there's times I see him and I think he looks a little like Michael Thomas. Yeah, he's so slow. But I mean, it looks like he's uh, looks like he was on the injury report a little bit. Um, a little bit earlier in the week, but I think he got back to he he was he didn't practice on Wednesday, but he still has the questionable tag. Fifty eight hundred, so definitely keep fifty eight hundred for Ted Ginn this week. That's insane, man. That's insane. Brandon Coleman is Brandon Coleman is just 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 three. Well, that, so. I, so Brandon Coleman, Corey Clement, those might be some like three K guys that I end up being forced to have to look at this week. I'll be interested just from a football perspective, a scouting perspective, a fan of the game. I'm very excited about the Michael Thomas Xavier Rhodes matchup. I don't, I'm not have no interest in DFS, but I, man, I've started to come around where I think Michael Thomas is a little bit of a big dog that just eats every week. He just seems like the most rock solid, consistent play in PPR every single week. I, I, I'm just very excited to watch this matchup against Xavier. If, if he can have success this week, that's going to say a lot to me about Michael Thomas. Yeah, it will, and it'll be uh, it'll be a, certainly a great sign, you know, moving forward if they happen to win that game because it very very winnable matchups versus whoever he does end up facing next week. Okay, um, and then let's go to the neck the other side of it on the Minnesota side, the home team. Uh, I found myself pretty interested in Latavius Murray whenever I looked at it. It just I hate Latavius, but the fact of the matter is he's gotten at least 20 attempts in the last three games. This talk about trying to take the take the air out of the football. The last thing that you want to do inside a dome as a home as a um, as a home favorite is give the ball over to Drew Brees and that Saints offense and let them do their thing with with the Alvin Kamara's, with the Michael Thomases, with the Ted Ginns, at all. What do you think about Latavius in this one as a guy who you normally hate? Well, we talked about it on the first podcast this week that we both had interest in the Vikings running game. And it was going to be a really tough hair to split, whether it was McKinnon or Latavius for a variety of reasons. We told you Christian McCaffrey went ham last week. Makes you think a little bit about Jarek McKinnon. But when you go uh, back to the Vikings matchup in week one against the Saints, it was Dalvin Cook going ham, but it was Dalvin Cook going ham with 22 rushing attempts. It wasn't through the year. So kind of a lot of mixed information to try to work through there. And ultimately, Alex, is a really tough call. I mean, ultimately, for me, I just said this is PPR. Their medians and their averages and DKs are almost identical on the season. And I just said in PPR. You hate Latavius. No, I don't hate him. I don't hate him. McKinnon. I just, I just, <laughs> I, 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 hate I just said, I just, I just, I just don't hate him in this. Spot. I just said, I just said, with similar DraftKings medians, similar DraftKings averages, five hundred dollars cheaper for McKinnon, in a game against the Saints that could require a little bit of activity in one of the higher over under games of the week. It's a PPR format. It's very hard to tell, man. I, I one of those two guys, I think, is going to be a good play this week. I'm not sure. Ultimately. I recommended McKinnon. I'm not surprised that you went with Murray. I'd be interested to see what are what are the roster watch analytic models saying, Alex? He the 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 model spit out one of them and not the other. You're just gonna have to come and find out. Yeah, you're gonna have to come and find out. Um and it's, it might make things a small bit easier for me, if that gives you a hint. Okay. Um Okay, so uh what about the pass catchers? I, I, I love Adam Thielen here. I mean, he had the big game out of the slot. Whenever you look at his slot usage recently, he's been getting more and more back to the slot. And in that first game of the season, uh, played almost 80% of his snaps out of the slot. They might move him back um, move him back into there to get him away from the Marshawn Lattimore coverage. I think Thielen's a terrific play in this spot. Um, no real interest in Kyle Rudolph, for me at least. I think he's always... Always... Um, Always a model favorite, considering that <laughs> one of the one of the main overseers of, of, of our model is a huge Minnesota Vikings. Homer. I actually kind of like Rudolph this week, and I couldn't. I I I do. And if if you're gonna talk me completely off of Delaney Walker, 
I can I can well, I can I'm I can, off I can buy I can yeah, I'm if I'm gonna be talked completely off a of walker I can buy the notion of Rudolph for three hundred dollars cheaper this that. week I I get yeah, that I I, I kind of like Kyle Rudolph this week uh, what about Stephon Diggs just no interest yeah no so actually Lattimore. it's an interesting same same thing man we talked about it on the first podcast this week and very much like the running back situation it's just one of the tougher things to get to reconcile this week and you know that. There's a good chance that if you can figure it out and picking the right one, it's going to make a big difference in your lineups this week. And so we talked about it. We said, look, we, Thielen's played more in the slot. I think he's going to get less Lattimore. I, I, can, I envision more of a Lattimore on a Diggs. They both had huge games in the first matchup, but Diggs was the two touchdowns and Thielen was all like 160 yards, 157 yards, even though Diggs was still almost at 100 yards. Um, so I... I like them both. There's reason to be interested in both. For the circumstantial stuff we talked about, I s- thought I was going to choose Adam Thielen, but in the end, I just let – we have a ton of data on the season, and it gets very, very good at the end of the year. At the end of the day, I just went with the um, the analytics on the season, which was you know, production per dollar – it pointed me to Stefan Diggs as a little cheaper price point. But I, I certainly get the idea of if, if you think Lattimore is going to be glued to Diggs, then that's a bad a bad matchup. That said, you know, Stefan Diggs, he's that, that's a kid that's got shake. He can get separation against even good corners. So, Yeah, and I mean, I th- and, and, you know, if you're talking about tournaments, Stefan Diggs is going to be far, far, far lower owned. But I think in a vacuum, as far as an optimal play, I think it's Adam Thielen. Marshawn Lattimore doesn't go to the slot, so I mean he's going to be protected. Yeah, I think that the I think Thielen is a and it's just and it's just crazy to say that I mean you can argue that Adam Thielen is is, is at this point you can argue that he's um I mean really as good a wide receiver as Diggs, which I, before this season I would have just said is cockamamie, but he's just he's I mean Adam Thielen has shown that he is just not just statistically not just you know what he can do within the within the parameters of a scheme if you just look at his routes and you look at his explosiveness out of his stems if you look at the way that he can just create separation on his own in so many different ways adam thielen is a disgusting freak dude. i mean dude that's what i like, think like dude honestly that's who the raiders wish amari cooper would be every single week in and out it's just the craziest thing in the world to say but i give major yeah. kudos to rick spielman and their scouting their personnel department for not only getting Adam Thielen into the fold, but getting that guy locked down on a deal that first made my head spin, but they know what they're doing up there with Adam Thielen. So yeah, it's a tough call. There's a lot of, you know, we should use all the circumstantial evidence. The numbers tell me for the price, a little more interest in digs, but when you kind of suss out all this very important coverage and circumstantial stuff, it, it points you back to Thielen. So I don't know. I might have a little bit of each of those guys this week. Could go either way. All right, you got anything else on this slate before we get out of here? Anything you want to p- p- talk about about this? Uh, any kind of, what you could be throwing any new, uh, any, any new flies at these big northern pike you're going after, go, going out after yeah, next it's a week? Lot, What's going a on? A lot with all bigger that? brand of fly you got to use for those for those prehistoric monsters, <laughs> man. Yeah, no, just gonna, just looking forward to the senior bowl, man. Quick, quick trip, quick yep. trip out of town. Get to. Couple days of R and R, but we'll still do our pods next week. I'm be recording mine from Colorado, and uh, I'll just head straight from there, basically to Mobile to to meet you down at the Senior Bowl, Alex. We will do some uh, previewing of the Senior Bowl uh, before the next pod. Byron and Byron and I will uh, get together about you know our thoughts on some of these prospects and go over some of that with you guys as a bit of a preview before we get down to Mobile. Also, of course, we'll break down the championship dfs slate uh, during one of these pods next week as we are back on our two pod per week schedule we thank all you guys for listening uh, we love all you guys and thank you so much for being uh, supportive members of our community if you're not a member already at rosterwatch.com a pro member please go and sign up for a a pro membership it costs less than a cheap cup of coffee and it's the best way to support us and allow us
us to continue with these maniacal travels and travails to let you know everything that you need to know to be a fantasy football winner, not only in DFS, but in Dynasty, in Redraft. We do this year-round so you can win. Um, you can also go to iTunes and please give the podcast a five-star rating and a good review. We're up to over 200 reviews now, but we need more, guys. So if you have not given the podcast a rating and a review and you want us to keep uh, taking the time to give you two of these per week, we would just ask, please, go to go into iTunes, go into Stitcher, wherever you listen, give the podcast a killer five-star rating and a review that would make us feel absolutely sick. Uh, and of course, if you're not subscribed to the podcast, please do so. You can find them always on iTunes, Stitcher, and at rosterwatch.com backslash podcast. So with that, for Byron Lambert, for the trash man, for the robot genius, and all of Roster Watch Nation, my name is Alex Dunlap. This has been the Roster Watch Podcast. Enjoy your football this weekend. We will see you next time. 